This is an encore of an earlier program. We are not able to accept your calls. This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, and it is Friday. You made it all the way through the week. Thanks for joining us, Ready Radio. And we've got a very special guest joining us today. He's been on with us before, though, so I will welcome him back. Tom Rigsby, welcome back. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, John. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always a joy having you. When I see your name pop up, it's always one of those like, okay, yep, it's time. Let's get you back on. Today, I, I do want to focus on... Uh, the soaring electricity prices, and, and we can get into that. And I think that really has a lot to do with folks being, you know, really that, that preparedness end of things and being ready for the what is. But before we do that, for folks that may just be joining us the first time today, give us a little background on what you do and the American contingency. Yeah, sure, John. So um, we have a nationwide network of individuals and teams. I mean, I've a lot of the individuals don't know people in their area, or maybe they're they're uncomfortable about asking their neighbor, you know, about this sort right. of thing. So we help we help connect them with people in their area to build local teams because that's really how you get this this sense of support and and belonging is just having people that are close to you. And then we provide uh, information, training, resources for them to be better prepared for life's what ifs. I mean, it, you know, it could be as simple as going to turn the water faucet on and black water coming out. I mean, that's, exactly. that's happening in parts of the country today. So um, we just we address the issues, you know, whatever's um, kind of primary. And we've got, we've got categories that we work through, but we just help our members be better prepared for what ifs. Speaking of which, and I should have asked you this before, and I apologize. I, I, this is really a being short-sighted on my part. Is it okay if we put on our website a link to American Contingency to where that you know sort of you know we, we I guess you could say we sort of join forces, and the folks that you know find us or find us on air and then go to the website can also find you. Is it okay if we do that? And that that would be fantastic. And, and I'll just you know share with the listeners, and then of course we can do the link, but. It's AmericanContingency.com. That's where you go to get started. It tells our story, how we got started, um, and, you know, where we've come to so far and where we're planning on going. So awesome. I'd love for your listeners to come visit. All right. We will put that up. I just sent that off to my uh, uh, producer who does all of our website stuff as well. So, Producer Ann, if you're hearing us, and I sent you a text message as well, we would appreciate that. That would be awesome. Also, really quick, for all of you listening, uh, we will also have a – a, I believe it's a $50 discount on EMP Shield. So uh, that's something that we worked on here a few weeks ago, for those of you listening as well. And some of you have been asking about that and have even been delaying ordering that until we had that, that particular situation uh, handled. And we do now have a discount link for you. We'll get that up on the website as well. So let's talk about, Tom, You know the, the electricity situation, which even here in Colorado, you may not be aware of this, but we had you know fairly... Hot weather here recently. Today is very cool, actually. We went almost like somebody turned the light switch. That's Colorado for you. But we went from being very warm to being very, not cold, but we're definitely coolish today. We're in, we're in the mid-60s right now. But here about a week and a half or so ago, our local energy company, XL Energy, because of some agreements they've made with you know uh, customers of theirs, which we can get into this as well, uh, they had an incentive where if you put in smart thermostats and gave them access to said thermostat, then there was a nice little bonus for you on your 
electricity bill. Well, what happened here oh, a week, week and a half ago, Tom, is because we had such, you know, such high temperatures and the load on the grid was so high, they went in and turned everybody's temperature to 78 degrees and nobody could override it. I mean, you could have manually done it with a paperclip, I guess, but um, a lot of folks don't know how to do that, Tom. So the reality is those folks with smart thermostats that gave access to XL Energy could not turn their air conditioning down. Right. And, and so I think what we see, I mean, this is just a, uh, a small example of how the operators of the grid understand the fragile nature of the grid. Right. And, and they took steps, you know, kind of reading their statement that supported them taking that action. They took the steps they felt were necessary in order to protect the grid. Well, the thing that concerns me about that is, well, if you're having to take, I call that a pretty dramatic step, if you're having to take those kind of dramatic steps now, What's going to happen when everybody's charging their electric car? Right, right. I mean, it's it's we're mandated. Well, or in Colorado, Tom, let's go. Let's go one step further. We've got some local municipalities in Colorado, and I could easily see this becoming a statewide measure in the not too distant future. We're pretty much in a lot of areas outlawing, even though we're very, very rich in natural gas in this state, we're outlawing appliances, you know, dryers, uh, ovens, um, uh, you know, should say stoves, I mean not ovens, but stoves, and also furnaces that would then run on natural gas. We're pretty much wanting them to go all electric. Well, you, you and I both know that if you take a home and take away all of its gas that it's using for all of the sources I just mentioned a moment ago, you, you, you know, we talk about electric vehicles. That's minute compared to what I just said. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so what we have to look at, I mean, in terms of, of preparedness and, and what we should be thinking about is what's going to happen when I go flip the light switch and it's not there. Mm-hmm. Because... That happens every day in, in, you know, hundreds of cities across the country, whether it's a, a short-term blackout, rolling blackout, or, or just failure of the grid. Right. So as individuals, we have to start thinking about what's my exposure? What am I going to lose? And we'll lose a lot of creature comforts. I mean, not having air conditioning for some people can be pretty bad, but for most of us, it's, most of us, it's an inconvenience. But but what about when my food in the refrigerator goes? Right. Or Great point. the food that I've I've saved in the in the freezer goes. We're talking a significant investment in in some cases. And if my power's out, what's happening at the grocery store? Right? Are they going to be able to keep food cold? Right. So this is a. This it, is by a the very, way, doubtful that they will be able to, Tom. I mean, you know that as well as I. I mean, these are things that are are pretty much blanket. I mean, they do not have despite what a lot of people may think. They do not have the ability to get into that minutia of, you know, the house next door to the supermarket is now in a brownout or a blackout, but the supermarket is up and running. You and I both know it doesn't work that way. We don't have that much sophistication. No, we don't. And, and you know, grocery stores are running on a, a just-in-time supply chain, mm-hmm. and, and we know what the condition of the supply chain is. Right. Um, you, you know, I, I ran some numbers from our our research team today, somewhere around 25 million poultry units have been culled this year, just so far this year, Uh, and that includes chicken and turkey, and they they just don't have anywhere to put it, Mm. and so they can't can't process it. So uh, this is is 
has the potential to be a real problem if we don't take steps and and put something in place of our own to help us uh, be prepared for that. Agree. And again, folks, you, you all know me. And Tom, you would agree with me as well. I, I'm not trying to to say anything, and neither are you, that would scare anybody into doing anything. We're just trying to bring that awareness level up a few notches because in some in some necks of the wood uh, woods, Tom, you know this as well as I. There's no awareness. I mean, some folks don't even think about it. They you know they right. go about their their business. They you know and, and to their you know to to their credit, they're living their life. They're irking out a living. They're trying to raise families. You know, they're doing all the things that they need to do to sustain life, quote unquote. And the last thing on their mind is is whether or not the light switch is going to work, or you know, electricity coming into the house is going to be there. Uh, and for them, by the way, that is, is the light switch going to work? Most people don't even realize where that electricity comes from and how it's even delivered to their home. In their in their world, Tom, is the refrigerator light on and does the light work? That's really what they think about. And they have no idea where that energy comes from and how it gets to their home. So, you know, in defense of them, they're trying to irk out a living. But what we're trying to do here, and I know you're doing the exact same thing, and we're going to do this together, is bring that awareness as to, A, where is that coming from? How is it delivered? delivered and what happens when it's not any longer well right and i you know the last thing i want to do is you know be a fear monger or try to leverage someone's correct you know fearful state of anyone but as you said people just need to be aware of what the risks are and that's that's what we talk about a lot around american contingency is what is your greatest threat what's what's the highest risk to you for me where i live you know, this time of year, tornadoes, uh, maybe the remnants of a hurricane, that, that's going to be a, a big risk mm-hmm. for me. So I should be prepared for that. True. And that typically includes losing power for True. a couple of days. Good point. Good point. So yeah. what do, I, what do right. I have in place in order to keep power if it goes out? I think the other thing that folks could do, and, and again, this is something that most haven't, maybe don't even know how, and this was a question I had for you, and that is, you know, you know checking on your respective grid, I guess you could say, Tom, you know, your area, how insulated is it from other areas? I mean, I know, for example, there are towns across the country where they have done some things to protect their portion of the grid. They've even got their own power plant, you know, nearby to where they may fare better than someone else. If we had some sort of a major, you know, major catastrophe, major event, there's other places, Tom, where let's face it, even, even as I said a moment ago here in Colorado along the front range here, we, we get into a hot day and everybody's using extra electricity. We don't even have enough grid to support that. So I think it would behoove people to even find out in their particular area. And in, in our case, we've got a you know, four-state listening audience. We've got all sorts of energy companies that are at play here, Tom. I think it pays you know, folks to understand how is their own power company dealing with this. Well, I, absolutely, and you know, look at where your power comes from. Where where I live in uh, in North Alabama, we're right in the heart of the Tennessee Valley Authority PVA's power generation. Okay. You know, they generate power off the river, and so we have we have power coming in from three different directions. And in 2011, we still lost all of our power because all three of those feeds got cut by a tornado. Wow. Right. So so even when you feel like you have redundancy. Wow. Good point. You still have to look at that and yep. be prepared. Yep. And and what can you do at your home to keep those critical services working when commercial power goes out? Good point. And, and again, this is not to 
uh, Tom, make anybody feel bad or belittle anybody by any means. But you, you and I both know that some folks are very handy and have lots of innovation, you know, kind of built into themselves to where, you know, let's face it, you know, something happens. They pretty much know right away what to do, whether they have things on hand or not. They still know what to do and how to handle things and how to take care of certain emergencies that may come along. And then we go to the other end of the spectrum to where, frankly, if the light switch doesn't work there, I'm not sure they know where the breaker box, you know, happens to be to even go, ter- you know, even go determine whether or not the power's on or if if a, if a breaker got blown. I mean, and again, I'm not trying to make fun, right. Tom, but we have, you know, both of those extremes and then a lot of folks that are in the middle, you know, with some training, they may be able to facilitate some of these things. But I, I, I'm afraid, and again, this is not, you know, to fear monger or, or to to put anybody down, Tom, but I feel like because of our education system, the lack of trades, the lack of passing those general skills, you know, from one generation to the next, I'm afraid we have a lot more in the column of maybe not even knowing where the breaker panel is, nonetheless having to figure out how to get power out of something you might have around the house. Well, it, it's a it's a lack of critical thinking and problem-solving skills. I mean, we're not teaching those the same way that no. we used to. And, you know, everybody wants to turn to the lesson plan to, or the back of the book to find the answers. And we don't have a book. I mean, we, I mean some of these things we just have to learn. But I, I will say that, you know, one of the, the approaches that we take with American contingencies, we've broken preparedness down into nine categories. Okay. And, and our, our perspective is that we don't want you to become an expert in all nine categories. That's not reasonable. Okay. But there probably is one category where you will want to spend more of your time. You might it might be food and water. It you know it might be you know gardening, growing food, canning food, whatever. Or it might be communications or medical. But if you are part of a, a local group, a, a team that's that's within thirty miles or thirty minutes of your home, when something happens then the likelihood is that that team has all nine aspects covered. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have somebody to call, someone that you can that you can trust, you've already developed a relationship with, and you can say, hey, this is what's going on. You know, do we, do, what, what should I do? Do we know how to help? And that's one of the most important things in, in, that we promote. And, and we, I feel like I beat this drum every day. You know, you need people around you right. because none of us can do it by ourselves. No, and, and for those of you listening, and it's on the website, you can find it at AmericanContingency.com. But those nine categories, really quick, food and water, shelter and warmth, health and medical, security and defense, which I hate to say a lot of people focus on that and forget about everything else, mobility and outdoors, home and family, the communication and the situational awareness end of things, income and economics, and, of course, last but not least, Tom, the community leadership aspect of this. And again, I'm, I'm afraid to say that most people, when they think prepping, in fact, I think this is one of the issues the FBI has right now in, in labeling folks like you and I as the enemy, when in fact we are far from that because we believe so much in all of these things, but because the stereotype is we're just a bunch of gun-toting nuts running around waiting for the end of the world, which by the way, we are very, very, very far from that, Tom. But we're labeled that because that's what everybody thinks when they think preparedness is just a security and defense, and defense box. That's it. Well, that's something that we have worked very diligently um, to address within American contingency. Yes, security and defense does need to be a part of your your preparedness. 
even even if your evacuation plan is to go 100 miles north to a Red Cross shelter, you still have to get there. Yes. And the police Correct. the police are going to be overwhelmed. That's right. And I've been in those shelters. There's security at the front door and that's it. Hmm. Right? So Great point. at least be at least be aware of how to secure your yourself, your family and your belongings when you're in a Red Cross shelter with a thousand other people. Great point. Right? So yes, security and defense is an important part, but it is far from the only yeah. part. And for those people who only want to focus on that, you know, we very strongly encourage people to find other categories to, to focus on. Because if that's all you ever do, and you don't, and you're not prepared with food and water, or you're not prepared in case the power goes out, it. You know, all yeah. of your preparation was. For That's right. Life. That's exactly right. Tom Rigsby, Rigsby again with us today, folks. American Contingency is the website. We'll get a link up on our website to them as well. Hang tight, though. We'll come right back, folks. We've got several sponsors that really coincide with a lot of what we're talking about. And one thing I want to tell you as well you may listen to a sponsor and think that has nothing to do with preparedness. Well, It does, because those particular sponsors and our partners are the ones that are actually helping me pay the airtime so we can actually be on here and do what we do. So while they may not specifically have something that's in the preparedness end of things, believe you me, they are in this for the long haul just like we are because they believe wholeheartedly in it or they wouldn't be helping us financially speaking as well. So please listen to these folks that are our partners. We've got a brand new partner as well. That's Solar Energy Partners. You've heard me talk about them during the week on Rush to Reason. So listen to Alan as well, and we will be right back. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. If you think you need a new roof, think again. I might be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a RoofMax treatment. Hi, this is Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado. We specialize in helping 90% of our clients avoid a costly replacement by adding at least five more years of life to the roofs, and is guaranteed with a five-year transferable warranty. However, if it makes more sense to replace your roof due to wear and tear or storm damage, we are more than happy to do so. Yet our goal is to do everything we can to get you more life from your existing roof whether it is an asphalt shingle roof or a flat roof for both residential or commercial. Give us a call at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCo.com, and I will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Mention you heard this on KLZ 560 to receive your $250 fall discount. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. 
You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a Novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the Novus link that's Novus Autoglass a proud sponsor of Drive Radio Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns, are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. When you pay your power bill, 1% of the money is used to hire people whose jobs are to increase your power bill. Never see another rate increase from big energy again when you invest with solar energy for your home with Alan Davis of Solar Energy Partners. Getting you a return for your solar investment is Alan's main priority. You may even receive a negative bill from the energy company, meaning they pay you. Alan's primary concern is saving you money with solar. Enjoy consistent rates, a 30% federal tax credit, and increased market value on your home. Alan only sells what he believes will give you a great financial return. The unprecedented rate increases are only going to continue. Locking in a lower rate now means that no matter what the government lets big energy do, you'll still pay the same rate or less for your energy. Don't pay them to raise the rates on you. Make an investment with your power. Now, make your investment today by contacting Alan at klzradio.com slash sun or by calling 303-378-7537. This is an encore of an earlier program. We are not able to accept your calls. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Tom Rigsby with us. He is from American Contingency. We've had Tom on many times, by the way, even on our uh, regular daytime Rush to Reason show. Tom, again, thank you so much for joining us. You're, you've got a, a career, too, in the military, 14 years there, 30 years of business experience. You know, much like myself, you bring a lot of facets to this that, as you said earlier, we, we have to teach others because I agree with what you said. We're not teaching the critical thinking skills we once were. And let's face it, when we get into some of these situations, that's exactly what you need. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, pleasure to be on with you today, John. I, you know, we, it's shocking to me sometimes how, you know, as people get connected with American contingency and they, they start joining groups and they start becoming active and engaged, just how little they know. Hmm. But what has happened is they have seen something in their environment, right? Okay. They they got they had a flat tire in a bad part of town. They, um, you, you know, something has happened that has triggered them and made them think 
wow, that this is not good. I need a better plan. Hmm. And so a lot of the the communication promotion that, that we do is just getting people to think about, as I said earlier, what is what's your greatest risk? What is the greatest potential problem for you? And then let's come up with a plan for that. Just think through, if this happened, then what would you do? And just that exercise, mm-hmm. repeated over and over and over again, helps people be better prepared and moves them from a state of anxiousness. Because it, when, when I'm fearful, you know, we, we talked a few minutes ago about uh, fear-mongering. If, if, if someone is concerned, if they've seen, if they've had that experience, now they have a concern, they're experiencing this anxious emotion. Right. And we want to move them from that anxious emotion to a confident one. Yeah. Even if we don't yep. know, you know, yep. I think right. I think Patton said no no plan survives first contact with the enemy, right? So even if the plan is not perfect, at least having a plan makes me feel more confident that yes. I can withstand this what if should it occur. No, you're you're a thousand percent correct. I'm I'm unique. You know, I've been in the you know, been self-employed, been in the automotive world my whole life, and and I will say this, Tom, I'm extremely fortunate and and yet spoiled at the same time because one of the fears that I've never had in my entire life, and I used to remind my sales uh, force of this when when I had two repair centers, I used to you know go through this with my service advisors all the time because they tend to be a little bit like myself to where we that are in the industry just don't have the same fear. That, you know, when something happens to your car, there's a noise, there's a breakdown, there's there's a light that's on, whatever the case may be. You know, those things typically for me, it's more of a challenge of, okay, what is it? How do we fix it? And let's get that done and move on. But for a lot of people, that is a a very crippling, if you would, especially because of the fear that's involved with that. It's a very crippling thing that happens, and I'm very fortunate to never have that. On the same token, I have to remind myself that not everybody is as fortunate as I. You know, they didn't grow up the way that I did. They weren't around the same individuals that I was, and they ha- they don't have that ability, that, that knowledge, if you would, Tom, to be able to go in and do some things so that you just don't have that fear. And, and what I'm going with this, Tom, is... That same type of fear applies to a lot of other aspects of life. And to your point, it can be debilitating to where folks, when that fear hits, they don't know what the next step even is because they've never thought through it enough to know. Well, it, it's a it's a predictable psychological response. Right. right? I mean, right. It's, the, the lower brain stem takes over, fight or flight occurs. And, you know, we see this all the time. I mean, you, you look at, at um, Katrina or Rita are, are great yeah. examples, yeah. right? Where everybody said, "No, I'm I'm riding this storm out," and then they said, "Okay, you need to get out." Way too late, and and you know people just started running. Well, their neighbors, I'm, you know, I'm sticking around. Except now my neighbors are leaving. Wow, maybe I should leave too. Right. right, right. They had no plan where they were going. They had no plan what to take with them, and that you know that that's a simple exercise also. Right. If okay, there's a hurricane making its way to your general vicinity. What are you going to take? Right, right. In our case, and, Tom, and, that and could people, be. We don't have quite that same issue. You know, we have 
our biggest issue here is on the eastern plains, we have tornadoes. On the western end of things, right. we've got some flooding that can occur, and, of course, blizzards that are a big deal. But the biggest thing for us, especially you know, even in just our, our localized foothills, and it can actually spread out to the eastern plains as well, but fire here is a big right. deal for us, Tom. You know, if, if there's a fire coming and there's only uh, hours and or, in some cases, minutes, to your point a moment ago, what are you taking? Right. And, and to, to, to think through, and that's a great example, John, of how I use an example that's relevant to me and you can use an example that's relevant to you. And, you know, we have members all over the country and some from outside the country. They have to think about, well, what's the biggest risk for me and how do I plan for that? Is that something I want to shelter in place or should I have a bag ready to go? Mm-hmm. And, and, and we don't want to pack all of our our life memories up so no. we can grab them in, in a moment. No. But it would be a great idea just to have a checklist and say, grab this book and these documents and these pictures and get in the car. Right? Yeah, and what I've tried so to just, do, and I've tried to even encourage some of our listeners to do the same thing, and that is if you've got things that are that precious that you or that important that you do not have digital copies of, we've got the ability now, Tom, with you know the ability to store things in the cloud and so on. And, and quite frankly, Tom, if it gets so bad that the cloud is down, no offense, worrying about where the deed to my house is probably the least of my worries at that point. Anyways, I'll move on to something right. else. But it, it, the type of things that we're talking about right now, floods, storms, fires, things like that, if you've got the ability, which we all do, to scan those documents and put those in the cloud someplace where they're secure and you've always got access to them, one less thing to have to drag with you when it's time to leave. Absolutely. And and thinking through that in advance does a couple of things. It takes the anxiety out of the some of the anxiety out of the evacuation process. True. It lets you it lets you make those critical decisions when without the stress. Right? I mean, the yep. last thing you want to do is be in an argument with your significant other about True. whether which good, which, good which, point. which, Great which point. of grandma's pictures do we get yep. to take? Yep. Great point. I mean, I, I laugh at that, but, you, you know, you and I both know those are the sorts of things that are going to come up. And because the other thing that happens too, Tom, that folks don't really think through on the front side when even even those of us that are pretty prepared, we can pretty much stay calm, cool, collected during those types of, of situations, emergencies, whatever you want. Crisis, this is really what they are. Let's call it what it is. They're going to be a crisis. Even though some people handle crisis better than others, let's face it, Tom, there's a lot of other family members and individuals that may not be handling that the same way you are. And that in and of itself is a crisis, by the way. Sure. Well, let me let me paint a little bit of definition around the word crisis. Let's do it. I, I think a lot of people are, are can be dismissive of that. But every time you see a fire engine or every time you see an ambulance, with their lights on, someone is having a crisis in their life. Very true. And, and in that moment, nothing else in their life matters. Our youngest daughter was involved in a car accident when she was a senior in high school. And, you know, I was standing out in the parking lot. I was talking with a colleague. We were talking about, you know, work the next day. And within a matter of a few minutes, I went from focused on the next day and the rest of the week and the rest of the month to whether she's going to live or not. Right, right. Good and, point. And all of that Im- immediately vaporized, and that was all gone, and I was solely focused on this yeah. crisis that's going on. So 
and but nobody else who was driving around town that day while I was making my way to the hospital, they weren't having a crisis in their life. No, in fact, let's go one step further, Tom. I don't want to sound callous, but no offense, they didn't care about your crisis. Oh, no, they didn't care. They were like, why is this guy cutting me off? And why, you know, why did he go across three lanes to exit over here? I, you know, I get that. And so we have to understand that a crisis doesn't have to be the zombie apocalypse. Right. Good point. It can be. Great point. It can be. Two flat tires and a dead cell phone with a single mom or, you know, that that has three kids in the car and it's 90 degrees outside. That's a pretty significant crisis in that person's life. That's right. I had an example of that the other day I shared with some of our listeners. I I live uh, on a fairly busy street and yet have five acres, so I'm kind of off that street. But the wife went out the other night to run an errand and she was coming back. There was somebody with a flat tire out front and there happened to be a sheriff's officer there that was helping this happened to end up being an older lady that you know by by the way tom there's no way she could have handled you know getting the tire changed and get everything handled herself so this officer was trying his best to get all this done and unfortunately the car was not equipped with all the right things and frankly he didn't have everything that he needed to get everything done as far as changing the tire so of course i you know go back to the shop and get a floor jack and everything that's needed to get this thing done and handled and I turned what what really could have been a crisis because, you know, they're in the middle of a fairly busy street. And what was, you know, what, what really was a crisis at that time, you know, I was able to dispel within a matter of about five or five or seven minutes or so and got her back on the road and out, you know, out of the way and so on. Of course, the sheriff was very thankful that I showed up and helped because otherwise he's waiting for a tow truck or somebody to come assist him. And I think that the other thing that showed me, Tom, this is the other thing that I wanted to to throw in there. And this is something that I don't think most folks really understand every one of our emergency services are taxed right now they are overloaded they do not have enough resources to meet even the day-to-day things that we have going on that was a case in point this was not rush hour traffic by the way tom this is 8 30 at night starting to get a little bit dark right. and the reality is a tow truck or AAA is an hour and a half out everybody is stressed right now, Tom, because of the lack of workers that are out there. That's really what a lot of this boils down to. But if you're going to rely on a professional, quote-unquote, to save you, you should probably be rethinking that, Tom. Yeah, one of the things that we talk about a lot is our reliance on the system or infrastructure or whatever label you want to give it. But that's a great example, right? You know, the, the tow truck, the sheriff's deputy... I mean, here, here's a deputy who's tied up helping someone change a tire who probably has other calls they need to go on, right? And so when when significant events happen, like the, the water system failure in Jackson, Mississippi, or northwest Georgia, or the utility system goes out, it, just think about utilities for a second. If the power goes out to a significant portion of, of any city, what are the police going to be tied up to? Oh, good point. They're going to be, be directing traffic. That's right. That's exactly right. They're, they're, they're at the major intersections, by the way. Not even, you know, you and I both know there's no way they can cover every single intersection. In fact, they're going to have to pick and choose which major intersection they go to to help out because they can't even staff all of those. Correct. And so now when I pick up the phone and, and I have, you know, my... my it's hot. The air conditioning is not working. My neighbors get into a fight. I, you know, pick up the phone and call nine one one. Their answer is okay. We'll be there as soon as we can get there. 
which might be five hours later. Be, exactly. So, you know, this is an example where it, it, it kind of becomes a systemic failure, where the power went out, the power being out led to, you know, higher anxiety in people, that anxiety boiled over into arguments and fights. And because the system was taxed already, in this case, um, you know, police are tied up directing traffic and whatnot. Um, there's just no services there. This is why one of the things that we we preach is you have to be ready to be your own first responder. Mm-hmm. Good right? point. Because if an event happens, you are the first one on the scene no matter what, right? But um, we have to have some some level of understanding of how this stuff works. Yeah. We want all of our members to understand CPR and stop the bleed. Right. Yeah. Because great point. those two things save lives. Yeah. You don't have to know how to do stitches. You don't have to know how to do airways. You don't have to get really involved. But but you really should know just some very basic stuff. And, and um, by the way, there, and as you know, Tom, this is the other thing too, where where collectively, you know, we inform people and let them know these things. But you know, this is the other thing too. By the way, that's come a long way from even when you and I were were kids, and that's the amount of of items that you can now buy in a first aid kit that, by the way, also comes with a lot of instructions where if you can read, you can pretty much figure out how to do some trauma-type things. And the reality is what we can now buy in a kit, you could, you would have had to have, you would have had to have assembled yourselves even 10 or 15 years ago. You can now go buy all that off the shelf. Sure. And it, it is incumbent upon those of us that do that to learn how to use that equipment also. Yeah, great point. Right? I mean, it, it does no good to have an AED and, and yep. not know which, which end to open. That's right. right? But, uh, but that's an example of something that's almost almost idiot proof oh they are i mean they they've you know i've i've been trained on one of those it's been years ago of course that's not hard to remember and again most of those come with you know basic instructions so as long as you can you know follow some instructions reality is to your point they are pretty much idiot proof although although again the thing folks forget you're in a crisis. Your heartbeat's going to right. be up. There's things that are happening right. when those events are going on, and you still have to be able to, and by the way, everybody listening, the easiest way to slow your heart down is to just sit there for a moment, inhale, exhale, hold your breath for a second or two while you're doing that, get some oxygen in, and all of a sudden things start to come back into focus. But again, Tom, what I just said, how many people know to even do that? Well, you're right, John, and and it is a matter of stress. I may know how to do a lot of things, but can I do those things under stress? Correct. And the way that our body and our mind reacts to stress, the first thing, one of the first things we lose are fine motor skills. True. That's why the finger loops on on emergency shears are really big. That's right. Right. They're not getting my fingers in little holes is not an easy thing to do when I've got stress going on. Hmm. Um, and, and so there's this idea, this concept called stress inoculation, where if you can practice under a stressful environment, then you can, you can kind of learn what that stress feels like and learn how to respond to it. Great example, a couple of weeks ago, I was with one of our teams in Washington State, and they simulated a rollover car accident. Uh-huh. And, and it was just two adults and three kids sitting in lawn chairs with some, some make-believe injuries. And the, the three team members who were trying to triage and treat them 
fell victim to stress. Mm. They mm. started they started making bad decisions and they started overlooking things and they started trying to rush to the point where they almost hurt themselves. Wow. In a practice environment because wow. they were not used to that stress. Interesting. So the value of that exercise is that they become accustomed to that stress and the next time it's a little less stressful. Right. And they right. know how to react. Right. No, you are spot on. By the way, great example. And again, those are things where if folks have the ability to go through any of that type of training. And by the way, a lot of a lot of cities, counties, uh, churches, you know, organizations along those lines will do some of these things from time to time. And what I would tell people is if you have the ability to have one of those events and attend one, by all means, you should. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, we we are a membership driven organization. I'll be completely upfront about that. But this is the kind of thing that we um, we practice. We have a, a national training program where we've outlined skills out of each of the nine category sets. We prepare training that we distribute to the team so that if they don't have someone who is skilled in a particular area, they can just go through this training program. And, and it might be. You know, mobility is one of our categories you mentioned a few minutes ago. It might be as simple as how to do preventive maintenance on your vehicle. Right. I mean, that, that's a preparedness. That's a thing you need to do to be prepared. How do you check the oil? How do you check the fluids? How do you do it in the summer? How do you do it in the winter? And, and just by having those members at their regular get-together, whenever and wherever that is, talk about those things. Somebody's going to say, well, you know, I, I went by the Goodwill store and picked up an extra jacket for everybody, and I keep that in the mm-hmm. trunk of the car mm-hmm. for when it gets cold. Well, I never thought about that. That's a great idea, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's simple little conversations like that that yeah. have the opportunity to save lives. Great point, and everything you just said, spot on. I, I really uh, there's and by the way, so many things. That's why we do this program each and every week for an hour because there's so many topics, Tom. I just you know you, I can't cover. All of it in a single week, it's impossible. We just keep, all I'm doing, honestly, I have my own list, and we just keep you know, chipping away at the list. And by the way, as we talk about lists, one thing I wanted to add to what you were saying earlier, when it comes to some of these items and what do you do with the what-ifs, I guess the question I would have for a lot of folks is, have you sat down and written out, not, not typed out, because I think there's something to do with, and we know this, Tom, that there's something to do with your brain and the connection to the paper when you write. Have you literally sat down and written out what would you do in each one of these situations? And have you sat down and even done that as a project with your family? And if you haven't, I would highly suggest that get done. Because, again, Tom, when you do those things and you even write those lists out, even if they're not in front of you, there's that, there's that paper to pen or you know, that, that, that brain with your finger to the pen to the paper that makes your memory do things it wouldn't do otherwise. Absolutely. And I'll give you a great example. Most of us, during a normal work day, the kids are at school, um, mom and dad are in different locations doing their thing. What happens if, if there's a crisis? How do, what's the plan for getting the family back together? Mm, who's going to call whom? Who's going to meet where? And, and one of the things that we suggest is find a family member or a friend that lives out of town and make sure that everybody has their phone number. Oh, good point. Right? And, yeah, and coordinate point. through them. But it's the opportunity to talk about those things, John, that are that's so important. Just talk about it, and I don't have to be afraid if it happens. 
And, and on top of that, even, Tom, is, and we've, we've had some conversations here on our program about this and something that I need to actually probably find a guest on. In fact, if you've got a guest in that communication, you know, end of things, not necessarily ham radio, because I'm not talking about having everybody go out and get a ham license and so on. But how do you communicate and what would you need to have with you? In the event that we have some sort of a major event to where, frankly, that cell phone might work, it'll power up, it'll, it'll survive an EMP, for example, but the, the network that it's going to try to attach to is going to most likely be down. What do you do then, Tom, to communicate with those that you were even mentioning a moment ago? Right. Well, this comes back to the idea of having a group of people uh, within 30 miles or 30 minutes. And so that gives us much greater a much greater opportunity to be able to connect with someone else if we're not trying to call grandma across the country. Good point. Or reach Aunt Susie, who's two states away. Good point. We're only trying to get, you know, a couple of miles away. Real quick, before I let you go, because i got to do a break, and I'm just running a little bit longer. We'll do our break here towards the end so I can honor your time better. Uh, on the income and, and, you know, the financial end of things, we, we talk about how we're going to have some of these, you know, power outages and so on. And the other thing, Tom, that I know and you know as well, statistics show, and I think this is true across a lot of level levels of individuals, inside the church, outside the church, and so on. The majority of families, 40% plus, can't afford a $500 expense. And if they have that, it's most likely going on a credit card. So what do you do and you know, how do you suggest people shore up the finances to even be able to handle some of these extras that we're now going to be spending money on? How do they do that when they can't even handle a $500 hit? Well, that's such a great question. We could do a whole show on Well, maybe on we should topic. just, you know, and Tom, we could table that and in a few weeks come back and do that again if you'd like to do that instead. We could sure do that. Well, I'm, I'm happy to do that, but let me let me give people just a couple of things to okay. think about. Let's do that. Now and then. One of the greatest opportunities that we have in the income and economics arena is to be our own boss. And I don't care if it's just cutting grass digging leaves out of gutters, there is some skill or some ability that you have that other people need True, that you can you can use to increase your income just a little bit. True. Just a little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot, but you do have to have an intentional plan. And if you're strapped right now, you're living paycheck to paycheck, you, you know, everybody wants to cut expenses first, and that's a good place to start, but you have to add more income to Agree. the top of the funnel. Amen. You speak my language, Tom. Amen. And again, that's one of those things that we could come back and spend some time on. But you you are 100% correct. Everybody wants to be a bean counter and cut expenses. And you and I both know as business owners, you can't let bean counters run the company or they'll run it into the ground because you'll expense it. You know, you'll cut the expenses to death to where you don't have any revenue. You have to do both, Tom. You know that as well as I. Well, absolutely, and, and expenses are attractive because they fall dollar for dollar to the bottom line. A dollar saved is a dollar earned. Correct. But a dollar, an additional dollar in revenue doesn't make an additional dollar on the bottom line. So everybody wants to go to expenses, but you cannot save your way to prosperity. That's right. right? You're correct. You, you, have to earn, you have to earn your way to prosperity. That's correct. And so start your own business, even if it's just a side gig, do something to be in charge of your own income yeah. or to create additional streams and then use those streams to help you get ahead. Amen. And there's there's a whole there's a whole crowbar method that we teach to how to do that. 
Um, but do that for a period of time. doesn't have to be forever, but I think a lot of people, once they experience that, and they the keep doing it. And, That's right. And the lightness that comes from that. That's right. Keep doing it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Tom, re- I love you, man. I appreciate you very much. I, I, I know I don't say that enough. I'm very grateful for the time you give us. It's always great information. I will, you know, we will get together here in a few weeks and do. Uh, let's just do a whole segment, you know, a couple of segments like we just did today on on just the uh, you know electricity and the preparedness end of things and the and the mindfulness of all of that. But really, the financial aspect I think is really really huge because until people have the freedom to be able to do some of the things that we just mentioned, kind of as we close out here, frankly, everything else we just talked about, they can think through it. But if they don't have the ability to go after some of the things we just mentioned, it's futile. Well, and. My encouragement would be to start simple, yeah. right? Nobody is going to go out and buy a year's worth of food Great point. this weekend. Great point. But I can buy I can buy an extra can of beans, and right. I can buy an extra loaf of bread, um, and and build up to that over time. Great point. Just start simply. Be intentional and start. That's the most important part. Tom Rigsby has been with us today, folks. I'll come back and close out with a few thoughts of things that I'll add to everything we've talked about today. American Contingency is the website. We'll have that up on our website where we can really co-do some things together here to bring awareness to all of you listening. And, and Tom, again, I really appreciate it. Anything you need from us, by all means, let us know as well. But I'll get something set up. We'll have you back here in a few weeks. Will do, John. Looking forward to it. Appreciate it very much, sir. Thank you very much. And again, we got some ads coming up. I do want to come back and talk about our new solar partner as well. I'll do that when I come back because they've got some things that can help you even off-grid that I want to talk about as well. So we'll come back. I'll finish up with that. Don't go anywhere, though. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns, are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical Heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. If you think you need a new roof, think again. I might be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a RoofMax treatment. 
Hi, this is Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado. We specialize in helping 90% of our clients avoid a costly replacement by adding at least five more years of life to the roofs, and is guaranteed with a five-year transferable warranty. However, if it makes more sense to replace your roof due to wear and tear or storm damage, we are more than happy to do so. Yet our goal is to do everything we can to get you more life from your existing roof, whether it is an asphalt shingle roof or a flat roof for both residential or commercial. Give us a call at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com and I will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Mention you heard this on KLZ 560 to receive your $250 fall discount. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. This is an encore of an earlier program. We are not able to accept your calls. All right, closing out things here today on Ready Radio. Again, I want to thank Tom Tom Rigsby for joining us today, American Contingency. Great website, by the way. If you have not been there, you need to go check it out. It's a great website, and we're going to continue to collaborate with those folks moving forward. Solar Energy Partners, new sponsor of ours, by the way. Uh, on Rush to Reason and also here on Ready Radio. And the reason why I wanted them to be a part of what we do on Ready Radio is because uh, Alan has the ability. Now, I will tell you straight up, and he told me this, this is not one of the areas that they have as a huge revenue stream for them. They do it as a service more than anything else because it's not a huge you know, profit margin item for them. But they do have the ability to set up your solar system off-grid so that if the grid shuts down, there's the ability for it to switch over. They put some some power walls stations, so, you know, battery stations on, you know, any wall, basement, garage, what have you, 
and the the house then you know your 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 own unit will run then off of that power wall and then of course when the sun comes back up and there's solar you know again you know the the, the panels can then rejuvenate those batteries you then run the house off of that and so on anyways getting more in depth than i need to these are things that alan can explain to you but they do have the ability to make that happen and by the way can do all of that with your solar, original solar financing. You know, it's not a lease. It's actually a financing package they put together, but it does not ding your credit, and all you need is a 650 or higher credit score to make all of that happen. So for some of you that are interested in being off-grid, you don't necessarily want to put a generator in, or maybe you want to do that and still have the solar end of it so you can save money and be off-grid in this particular situation, keep in mind, the typical solar system, when you go down on the grid, when the grid goes down, so does your solar panel system. It will not do anything to power up your home. There's a lot of misconception out there for folks that have solar panels thinking, oh, I'm good if the power goes out. I've got solar. Not unless you have a power wall and you have had it wired correctly with somebody like Absolute, where it will transfer, you know, it'll switch off the grid and then run your house independently of the grid. And if the power comes back on, then, of course, that, that transfer switch kicks back in and then you're back on the grid. If you don't have that setup, which most don't, your, your system, when the power goes down, so does the solar system. Most people don't know that. They think because they have solar, they're off grid. They are not unless what I just said has been done. Alan at Solar Energy Partners, one of the reasons why I wanted to partner up with them, by the way, and why they're on Rush to Reason during the week, you can be off-grid if something major were to happen. And again, you get the EMP shield end of it, and all of those devices are now protected. You'd be good to go in the case of even an EMP. You would have power when others would not. Solar Energy Partners can do that for you. Their phone number again, 303 378-7537. Call Alan, talk to him, and in this case, please make make sure you tell him you heard him on Ready Radio, not Rush to Reason, but Ready Radio, because we're talking about the Powerwall system. Guys, Rush to Reason is coming up next, so don't go anywhere. If you missed any of this program, you can go back and listen to it on ready-radio.com. But again, Rush to Reason is coming up next. We'll be right back, AM 560 KLZ. and opinions expressed on KLC 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.